Hi, welcome to Pineapple Reels. I'm your host, Nia. And for today's film, I'll be speaking about writer and director Sam Levingston's 2021 film, Malcolm and Marie, starring John David Washington as Malcolm and Zendaya as Marie. Stay tuned. If you are not familiar with writer and director Sam Levingston, he also did Euphoria in 2019, Assassination Nation in 2018, and The Wizard of Lies in 2017. This movie marks his second time to meet with Zendaya as she was a star in Euphoria. And I did love the character that she played. I think um, her character, Rue, I loved that we got to see her in you know a more adult role though she's playing a teenage a teenager she's it's more um mature content than than we're used to seeing her play so i like that she was able to you know get out of that typical that 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 box that disney box that they try to put these people in and again with malcolm marie i think it really shows her maturity as an actor and how she has grown throughout the years Moving to John David Washington, I'm a fan of his work. Some people might, you know, just be getting on the bandwagon of John David Washington. He was, um, he was just in Christopher Nolan's film Tenet, starring alongside of Robert Pattinson. I think he really held his own as a protagonist in that film. Um, I love that it was an action film. We got to see him do some more stuff. And he was also in The Black Klansman, written and directed by Spike Lee. And I loved his character in that movie as well, too. Malcolm and Marie debuted on Netflix. And it is still available on Netflix if you have not watched this film yet and you would like to watch it. On this episode of Pineapple Reels, I'll be introducing what I will be calling a coffee chat, which will be a twenty, a 15 minute or less version of my podcast for, you know, if you're on the go, on your way to work or just wake up in the morning and you don't have time for a more in-depth uh, episode, this would be great for you. And I'll be doing about movies that don't need to be explained super deeply as for this film in particular Malcolm and Marie I think the subject matter doesn't require every line or every scene necessarily to be broken down and dissected the plot summary of this film is a director and his girlfriend return home after a celebratory movie premiere their relationship is put to the test and takes a turn when revelation of their history begins to surface testing the strength of their love as they await critics' responses of his film. Overall, in my opinion, this film is about toxic relationships and how we navigate the vicious circle that it is. If you have never experienced one, well, count your lucky stars. I love this film, but damn was it exhausting. The constant arguing and shouting. It's one thing to go through it yourself, but it's on another level having to watch someone. This film feels more like a play, giving us the illusion that this is real. As we are, as we were sitting on the couch in the living room, helping ourselves to a bowl of Marie's mac and cheese while we watch this shit show unfold. Both characters are flawed for sure. Though while watching, the viewer might go back and forth with who they think is more at fault or side with one. I didn't side with either. To me, this was seeing into the window of a toxic, rela- a toxic relationship. They both belittle their partner, probably with a smug attitude or even a smirk. 
how can they argue for so long? Like, seriously, this movie is a little over an hour, and they're basically arguing the entire time, minus maybe, maybe 15 minutes. Their argument starts because Marie is upset that in the speech Malcolm gave after the film premiere, that he thanked everyone but her. And in retrospect, she isn't wrong in her feelings. And Malcolm acknowledges that multiple times, paired with multiple apologies. Again, I, I I did like that Malcolm acknowledged that he was wrong and he made a mistake in not saying that he was sorry. And she states that she knew that he was sorry and even says that they should drop it and leave the conversation for tomorrow as tonight is his night. But of course, Malcolm pushes a topic because he wants a resolution now. He calls her crazy for still being upset about this hours later. Again, these are her feelings and her feelings and her emotions are definitely valid. Whether or not he agrees with how she says it or showcases it, you cannot tell someone that their feelings are invalid. And Marie pushes back yet again until she finally gives into his request. This conversation spirals as Marie lets him know she was deeply hurt by him not thanking her since his film was about her life. She walks away and Malcolm smacks loudly while chowing down his bowl of mac and cheese at the dining room table. He begins to yell at her from the table that she is being delusional and that the character of Imani is not based on her. It seems that any and everything that can possibly branch off and start yet another argument happens. It's a constant in this film. It's a constant highs and lows. And for me as a viewer, that's why it was exhausting some, at, at, some, at, at some points in this film. There was, a, there was a point in the film, I think it was maybe the 20-minute mark, where I actually had to pause the film for a moment because I was truly tired of watching them argue. And I think from the trailer that I had saw about the film, I didn't know it was going to be about this couple arguing for over an hour straight. It was, like I said, it was very draining. I even had some of my friends who said that they couldn't finish the movie because it reminded them of toxic relationships that they had been in, you know, partners that would bring up dumb things or, 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 or make a big issue over nothing. And it would result in them arguing for hours or even days. And they didn't want to relive that since they already experienced it, which is definitely understandable. Now, Malcolm stresses that the lead character, again, isn't based solely on her, but a collection of people. And Marie stated, I feel like once you know someone is there for you, and once you know they love you, you never actually think of them. It's not until you're about to lose someone that you finally pay attention. Marie stated she doesn't need credit. And I assume she means that she wanted Malcolm to admit without her it wouldn't have been it, the film wouldn't have went the way it did. And at this point, it seems the arguing is over, but Marie is exhausted and tells Malcolm not to take her for granted. And he embraces her and they kiss lovingly. Jazz music plays over the couple, enjoying each other in the moment of talking about happenings in Hollywood. And for a moment, this was beautiful. It was nice. I was like, okay, this is great. We're done with the arguing. You know, it, it, it's, it's over. And then later on, Marie tells Malcolm he is the neediest person she's ever dated, yet the least jealous. I, I don't know why 
she felt the need to bring this up but this goes back again to that this is a toxic relationship and it's like they have a dependency on needing some kind of drama between the two of them it's like the drama is what keep what keeps the relationship alive or gives them passion It, it relates in my opinion to someone who likes to argue with their partner and then have sex because it's more passionate which in my mind is madness because why are you purposely creating drama for no reason you're yeah you're getting what you want physically but you're also putting a mental strain or a mental block on said relationship it doesn't make sense and it's not it's not a good idea for the long run of your relationship and at some point between their arguing we realize that they've been together for five years I don't know about you guys I'm not dating someone for five years and this is how our day-to-day is is we are constantly arguing or going through this bs or tearing each other down that is not what a healthy relationship is supposed to be malcolm asks if this is about tonight and maria said marie says kinda and we start to see the vicious circle again of an argument this kicks off both of them yelling fuck you to each other marie says he doesn't want her to have a life of her own because he's too needy to which malcolm responds with i thought we were done fighting and Honestly, at this point, I'm with Malcolm. I'm like, yo, we've been fighting for what feels like hours. I am over it. I just want to enjoy my night with you, whatever is left of it. Which he literally says to her. And this is as it's as if Marie just has to ignore his words to get her point across. But like she did stay earlier, she didn't want to do this. But since he wanted to have the conversation, now they're in the thick of it. And I'm sure Malcolm's regretting pushing back, pushing her to talk about it because he's sitting here like okay, I thought it would be like a little a little conversation, not a whole discussion like we're in right now. Malcolm tells her he doesn't want to go there. He says, so you gave up a career in acting to become an emotional fucking support dog. He continues on reminding her of her past. Marie, when I met you, you were a pilled out disaster, barely 20 years old. He says he needs her to have a life because if she does it, then she'll hang on to his. And he even says that she might take Zanny's and slit her wrist. He goes on yelling at her, essentially telling her to get herself together like he has, put in the work to get the results that she wants. He reminds her of her lifestyle, now with him five years later. He supported her through checking her into rehab, to group therapy with her, going through her depression, her relapsing, and even her cheating on him. Now, Marie is obviously hurt by his words, but she sits there in silence while he berates her. She emerges from the room later and says he only stuck by her because he was she was a movie for him, material for a tragedy that came to fruition tonight. She goes back to saying the lead character, Amani, is solely based on her. She calls him a, a mimic and unoriginal. She reminds him of his privilege growing up in a two-parent household, a mom who's a therapist, a dad who was a professor, and a sister who works for a think tank in D.C., on top of him being a college graduate. And essentially, she's telling him to check his privilege. You know, he's forgetting that the lifestyle that he has lived is not typical, and especially compared to her life and her lifestyle and things that she had went through, it's not the same. But, you know, these rich people think he has had a hard life. She also brings up what he said earlier about her slitting her wrist as she actually went through that. And he carelessly mentioned it in our argument as if it was nothing. He says it didn't mean anything, but she says regard- regarding that it 
she regrets sharing something with him so personal. They both, in my opinion, they both think the other is narcissistic. In reality, they both are narcissistic. They constantly try to one-up each other when it comes to insults. Even Malcolm said, you're a featherweight and I'm a level one boss when they were arguing. Essentially letting her know, I will body you if you want to go there. I'm trying not to, but you keep on pushing me and I'm going to tear you down into a single molecule. And is this going to be what it is? Because I try to let you know to leave me alone. He rattles off a list of ex-lovers and mannerisms that they all showcased that make up the characteristics of Amani, letting her know that she is not the first broken girl he's known, fucked, or dated. He's being extremely transparent. And it's like, does he want to break her? Why does she tell him to continue on as she, fight back, as she fights back tears and smiles? He calls her a clown for doing so and walks away. He comes back and tells her an ass-backward way that starts off ugly but turns beautiful, saying he doesn't need her but loves her and just wanted to celebrate tonight with her. Later on, the LA Times Review comes in and Malcolm reads it aloud to Marie and he is wildly criticizing the review, picking it apart line by line, though this is an actual good review. And in this moment, Malcolm and Marie are good. And that might be because there is someone else to shift the anger to. He goes into a rant about directors and their intentions in films. And it's, I like the rant. I, I, I truly believed it. I, I think it was good. Even what he said about authenticity and, and people not really knowing what a film was about, but they keep using that phrase authenticity. I 100% agree. I've seen so many reviews of people or read reviews of people critiquing a movie. And I'm like, did you even watch the same thing I watched or... Do I need to look at it again because my, my opinion is a little bit different? Well, at one point, they even say, I hate each other and I hate you to one another, which I've never said I hate you to someone I've dated ever. And to, to me, if I say I hate you, that, okay, we're done, right? You hate me. You're young. I mean, this moment, clearly our relationship is over because I can't imagine saying I hate you to someone and staying with them. I think that's weird. But um, shortly after this argument they had of screaming, I hate you to one another, Marie grabs a knife from the kitchen and walks toward Malcolm. And Malcolm obviously looks scared. <laughs> He's like, what are you doing? Put the knife down. And she tells him that she's been off her antidepressants for a while now and that her mental state is unstable. She drops a knife and she says, and that Malcolm is what authenticity buys you and walks away. He stares in disbelief and says, well, damn, why didn't you do that in the audition? Malcolm falls into the bedroom and they make up and they start to, yet again, embrace each other, which doesn't last long. Again, y'all, this is a vicious circle of a toxic relationship. It's these five minute or three minute segments of being being very lovey-dovey towards one another. And then it just breaks out again in anger or argument. There, there's just something to always make them at odds again. Whether it's Marie pulling something seemingly out of thin air or Malcolm pushing something and pulling it out of thin air. And now they are analyzing what they had said previously in their argument. <laughs> And in this final argument, Marie breaks down all the reasons why she wanted and deserved to be thanked tonight in Malcolm's speech in front of his peers. That the, the subject matter of what he wrote about 
her personal struggle with drugs and depression and um cheating not being not being faithful to her partner as well as the time that she read over like a hundred a hundred drafts that he wrote or or watched it or, or the treatments that he did, you know, encouraging him while he's doing something, taking care of day to day things for him as he's working on his art, she just wanted to be thanked for literally every single thing she did behind the scenes to help him with this film as well as the her basically being part of the subject matter for said film. Now, the film ends with them in bed, and Malcolm says, I'm sorry, and thank you. Marie shuts up the lamp and says, you're welcome. In the morning, Malcolm wakes up and finds Marie outside, looking over a cliff. He stands beside her, taking the sights and starting a new day. Would I recommend Malcolm and Marie to someone to watch? Yes, for the fact that it's beautiful cinematography and I think they do a good job at showcasing, if no one has experienced it, what a toxic relationship can be. It is exactly like this, you know, it's these beautiful moments and you just live for these loving moments that are so nice, but you're not remembering that the majority of your relationship are, are these ugly sides and these ugly parts. I don't want, I personally don't want to date someone that I am screaming, yelling with them all the time. We're cursing at each other. In my opinion, in my opinion, and what I saw growing up in my household, that is not what love is. My my parents weren't acting like this uh, when they were married. That That just wasn't happening. So it's foreign to me. And I personally wouldn't accept it, but I think it's, it's to me, this reads more, like I stated earlier, it reads more like a play than, um, than a movie because it's so deeply personal and the way the camera is, the way the camera follows them and how, um, certain positions, even the fact that it's in black and white, you know, kind of like film noir, which in my opinion, it didn't need to be in black and white. It didn't add or take away of anything of the performance. It just seemed like it was in black and white for the sake of being in black and white. Um, maybe if it was shorter, if this film was a short, I think it would have did a little bit better because you're not, again, you're not watching an almost two hour movie of these two people arguing with each other. It'd be more um, intense. You know, it's like like if you took a scene out of Fence, the movie Fences uh, with Denzel Washington and Viola Davis. Davis. It's a beautiful movie. It's a great movie. I cry when I watch it because their performances are amazing. But you can take any scene out of that movie, which is originally a play, and it just you can make that a short film. It's just so great, you know. And and this film being able to take part of like a five minute segment and looking at it like, hmm, this could have been a short. This movie could have definitely been condensed, and I think it would have been a little bit more impactful. It wouldn't have been so drawn out. If you want to watch a film about what a toxic relationship is and why people are, uh, I guess it would be accepting, they're accepting this relationship, then I think it's a good film. If you want to see Zendaya in a different role than you typically see her in, this is a, this is a nice role to see her in. It's definitely more mature content for her. And then we also, with John David Washington, we get to see him in a, in a, a different side of him. And it, I haven't seen him play a character 
like this one. I there are times where I disliked Malcolm, but there are times I disliked Marie. It, it just it just went back and forth for me throughout the entire film. Of oh, okay, well I guess you're right. Oh, well, I guess they make a point, which maybe was the gist of this film. And now it's time for the IMDb fun facts. This was one of the first films to be written, directed, and completed in the United States during the COVID-19 pandemic. It was shot between June 17, 2020 and July 2, 2020. With approval, they operated with a small crew and had strict safety protocols. I believe I saw an interview and they said at one at, a, at any given time it would be no more than 12 people on set, including the actors. I know that I said I would be covering Judas and the Black Messiah after Malcolm and Marie. I need to do a little bit more research on the subject matter, in particular on Fred Hampton and William O'Neill, because I want to be as authentic as I can regarding this subject matter, as it's very important in my opinion, and I want to give factual information. And I don't think giving it a day of research is giving it enough justice or respect. So I want to go ahead and make sure, again, like I said, that I give this film, Judas and the Black Messiah, its proper research so that I can give everyone factual information and maybe even encourage people to go ahead and do their own investigation, their own research about who Fred Hampton was and what the Black Panthers did and what they stood for. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Pineapple Rails. If you like this episode, please give me a review, rate me uh, on the stars, whatever you think it should be. Also, I am on Instagram at Pineapple Rails as well as Twitter. And if you want to suggest a film you want me to review, please email me at pineapplerails at gmail.com or go ahead and DM me on Instagram or Twitter. Next week on Pineapple Rails, I will be covering Christopher Nolan's 2006 movie titled The Prestige. It stars Hugh Jackman, Christian Bale, Scarlett Johansson. Um, it's a great movie. It's more of a dark, magical movie. I'm actually surprised that it's not more known in circles. So I want to shine some light on this amazing movie. Stay tuned. <laughs>